It is the Moose and Maggie show. I'm here in Las Vegas. Robin Lumberg filling in for Moose today. He is in New York City. Let it welcome in Sean Grandy, the play-by-play announcer for the Boston Celtics on the radio, but really a jack-of-all-trades. Is uh, does a lot of play-by-play for mixed martial arts as well, and so we'll we'll touch on a couple topics here. Sean, good morning. How are you? I'm great. I mean, you're going to get SummerSlam in there at some point, too. <laughs> we will get SummerSlam, of course. We'll get to that. And Brock Lesnar, the fatal four-way. But let's start here because there's a lot of confusion, I think, and, and a lot of uncertainty <laughs> in what's happening with Isaiah Thomas and this trade with the Cavaliers. I'm just curious from your vantage point, what would be the reaction in Boston if somehow the trade is rescinded? Like a dog after you fake the throw is what it would be like. Uh, everybody would, it was emotional enough. It's been emotional enough this entire week, this entire three or four days to have the thing rescinded, which I tend to doubt is going to happen. I think that that's a lot of toothpaste to put back into the tube on both sides, particularly when you have a deal that I think both sides were pretty happy about going forward. Uh, all that said, you know, negotiation could come into play here, but it was already a very confusing week for Celtics fans. And I think the only ones that would get by are the ones that were on vacation this week and would have missed the whole thing. Isaiah Thomas obviously had a, a great year for, for Boston. That's why it was surprising to read some of the, the stories that came out, maybe just a couple, but how maybe a couple of Celtics teammates didn't like him. Would it be possible, we know about the Kyrie angle of, of all this with LeBron, would it be possible for Isaiah to go back to Boston now, given everything he did for that team, and then to be sort of unceremoniously traded? I think it would be awkward. On It would be uh, going back with your ex on both sides. It would be extremely awkward, I think, at this point, but nothing to do with any of the, the nonsense stories about locker room, just because teams have made a decision. Both sides have kind of come to, you know, I think, you know, Kyrie and Jay and Isaiah have had to sort of deal with this and say this is what it's going to be going forward. So I think that would be awkward. Uh, I think that the biggest thing, one of the reasons this deal was made was to avoid – things unseen, meaning the cloud over Isaiah this next year in Boston would have been, are the Celtics going to pay him a max contract or what's the injury situation? There was another potential situation, which has gotten no play, which is Jay Crowder last year didn't react well when the fans cheered for Gordon Hayward when he came into play for the Utah Jazz. Him and Gordon being on the same roster, that's the thing you wouldn't have to deal with. And the Cavs, of course, got rid of their Kyrie problem and that cloud that was going to be over them. So, it's not just the awkwardness of a potential, and I don't put the percentage very high on it, but the chance of the trade being rescinded. It's that even if you could just shoot that, uh, you know, that gun, that uh, Will Smith thing, you know, and make your memory erase for this week, you're still dealing with the things you would have had to deal with anyway, which is why these two teams made the trade in the first place. Yeah, we're talking with Sean Grandy, and I think you're right. It smoothed over a lot of edges. But it also, I think, made sense basketball-wise on both sides, which is the rare trade where it seems like, at least in my opinion, that, that both sides you know, seem to come out you know, as winners, really. But, it, yes, it did smooth a lot of the edges there. Uh, Sean, for fans in Boston who believe that, and we'll just assume now that the trade will go through, if they believe that the Celtics and Danny Age gave up too much or – were, were foolish not to protect that first-round pick, that Brooklyn Nets pick. What, what do you say to them? Uh, Maggie, I'd say these are the same people that spent the last couple of years screaming that Danny was hoarding all the picks and hoarding all the assets. You know, when is he going to make the deal? And, you know, uh, Jimmy Butler goes by the boards and Paul George goes by the boards, and there was panic that Danny was just sitting there with all these assets. But the Danny Age mindset, you got to remember two things. Number one, his vision 
was he knows to win a championship in the NBA, and he doesn't care about winning 52 games or 48 or going to the first round or the second round. It's championship or bust with Danny Ainge. And so he knows he needs to acquire top-level elite talent in the league. He did it 10 years ago with Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen, and we know the era that followed. But the downside of that, if there was one, the only rueful element for Danny Ainge is that all three of those guys were in their 30s when they started together. His goal from that point on was to acquire three elite-level talents that were closer to their prime. And now you're talking about Gordon Hayward at 26 and Kyrie at 25, Jalen Brown at 21. This was sort of the dream scenario, even if it is. I don't know if it's going to be a step back this year because it's 11 or 15 new players. The Celtics, we don't have any idea what this team is going to be next year, but does it put you percentage-wise closer to a championship at some point in the next five years? It almost has to. Why Kyrie Irving? Uh, Was it that he's locked up uh, under the contract a little bit longer? Is it the youth? But when Jimmy Butler and Paul George and others were available, or is it simply he believes that Kyrie has the transcendent kind of ceiling that maybe the other guys don't? But everyone was saying, why didn't he make the, the deals earlier? Why was it Kyrie Irving in particular that he made the deal for? I think each case was was different. I don't think you were going to give up on Isaiah Thomas to get either one of those guys, number one. I think the youth plays in. I do think the contract plays in. I also think there were circumstances. You know, the Indiana one with Paul George, Celtics were very interested in Paul George, but the trade deadline, they made an offer far more significant than what the Pacers ended up getting, but Larry Bird didn't want to do that deal. I don't think Larry Bird, who's no longer there, wanted to trade Paul George at all, and that was, you know, part of the reason he decided to walk away was that things had moved on in Indiana. But circumstances play in, timing plays in, and, you know, Jimmy Butler and Paul George are great players, but Kyrie has a championship pedigree already, and how often when you're rebuilding a team, do you end up in a situation where you can trade the last pick in the draft in a year for the top pick in the draft that year? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Sean Grandy is our guest, Celtics radio play-by-play announcer. Does a lot of other things, too, which we're going to get to. But another follow-up on Kyrie, Sean, which is what do you think Brad Stevens' approach to Kyrie is going to be? Because – Obviously, you have a guy who left LeBron James and wanted to leave LeBron James. I don't know if you heard Bill Simmons' podcast, but Kevin Durant said, you know, maybe Kyrie wanted a more defined role. Um, maybe it's hard to play with LeBron James. Maybe you feel like you can't, you can't, you know, play, evolve, I guess, as a certain style because LeBron is just so dominant, obviously, because he deserves to be because he's so good. But what do you think Brad Stevens' approach to Kyrie will be? Well, I think in, in Kyrie's case, first of all, and it is fascinating because I think all of us, or just about all of us, are older than Kyrie. We look back from our place in life and say, how can you walk away from playing with the greatest player of your era? Yeah. But you know what? We were all 25 once, and we all wanted to make our own mark and set off on our own path. And you want to talk about one of the many subplots of this deal. Talk about a guy getting exactly what you wanted. Kyrie got exactly what he wanted here, which is not just to sort of have his own team. It's a high-level team with high expectations, and he's going to replace an extremely popular player. So be careful what you wish for. I think if Kyrie wanted a huge challenge on his shoulders, he certainly got that. Uh, I think what Brad Stevens is that, you know, the, the funniest question I've gotten all week is, how is Kyrie going to fit into the Celtics culture? What culture? There is no – it's a new team. Kyrie is going to determine the culture. Gordon Hayward is going to determine the culture. Al Horford is uh, – Jalen Brown and Al Horford who joined the Celtics last year are the third and fourth longest tenured guys on the Celtics. Marcus Smart is the longest tenured Celtic now. He's three years into his NBA career. This is a brand-new team, and the culture and the direction is completely to be determined. And if there's one thing, you know, Brad Stevens is four years 
into his career as an NBA coach. But it, they've been like dog years because he's coached about 23, 24 players per season. So he's almost up to 70, 80 players he's coached already. So uh, he's found a way to, to make most of them work. And of all the concerns you might have as a Celtics fan, how Brad Stevens is going to make Kyrie work is probably not too high on that list. Obviously, the the move made for the ceiling, and I, I totally understand it. I, I'm not one of these people that criticize the Celtics for the move. But going into the next year, considering how the Cavs were able to score on Boston last year, and LeBron still in his prime, even if he's approaching the, the tail end of his prime here, is there any concern the loss of Avery Bradley on top of, of Jay Crowder for a team that the, the Cavs were getting to the bucket on at, at will against in the Eastern Conference Finals? is going to be a short-term blow for a, a long-term gain. I don't think there's any question. I think they didn't get a lot of play here because Avery was such a popular player, rightly so. And there were guys, talk to Draymond Green, talk to individual players in the NBA, and I'll tell you, Avery's the best one-on-one defender in the league. But the Celtics won a lot of games, and their defense was good when they, for whatever reason. When Avery was out last year, he missed a third of that season, remember, when the Celtics were the number one team in the East in, in the regular year. All that said, there's no question these are significant blows. But again, the Danny mindset, and all of us have to look at it this way. You can't look at what was. You have to look at what is. And while we spent the week talking about Jay Crowder defensively, and we spent the week talking about Kyrie and Isaiah and these two teams going forward, the name that's probably not getting enough attention as being a very significant factor in what happened this week is Jalen Brown because he is going to step up most likely into a starting role, and he is going to be – your defensive stopper now at age 21. And is he going to be what Jay Crowder was or what Avery Bradley was or some combination of those? We don't know, but eventually you have to roll the dice on these draft picks that you've waited for. Sean Grandy is the voice of the Boston Celtics, and he joins us here on the Moose and Maggie Show. Okay, we only have three minutes left with you, Sean, so let's try to pivot and get some other things in. <laughs> um, you're obviously big in the fight game as well, doing play-by-play. Are you one of the people who has convinced yourself that McGregor has more than just a puncher's chance tonight? Nope. And I'll tell you this. But the second he walks down the aisle tonight, Conor McGregor has won. MMA has won. The UFC has won. Dana White has won when you consider what the sport was and where it is now and where it will be tomorrow. Uh, the analogy I've used all along, and listen, I would love to see Connor win, but this would be a miracle on ice. And this is the only analogy for those of us that are old enough to remember Michael Jordan going to play baseball. He played at double-A and struggled all year long. This is Connor McGregor changing sports and playing at the absolute highest level against a Hall of Fame fighter. Yeah, I mean, do you think he's even able to last uh, the the extent of the fight? Because I, I do believe, due to accumulated damage, they're going to have to stop it in favor of Floyd. Because as good as Connor is in his discipline, he's shifting, and and it's in a sense, as you mentioned, a novice against the master. Yeah, I, I don't think I think that part has been brilliantly. And first of all, it's about getting you to buy the fight, but you should want to buy the fight. It's a spectacle; everybody wants to see it. That said. They've done everything they can to leak stories and whatever to indicate that anything that you might feel would give Connor an advantage or a chance in this fight tonight. And obviously, it's a fight. And the puncher's chance certainly is there, but it just seems like a staggering step up and a staggering mismatch. And that's what I think we all know. If Floyd got in the, got in the cage with Connor, he'd last 15 seconds. But he's, he's in his yard tonight. All right, Sean, we only got like 30 seconds left here for a little WWE SummerSlam talk for you. Um, why won't the WWE just make Roman Reigns a heel already? 
Same reason that they never made John Cena a heel. Well, one of the main reasons is that Vince is not going to let you or anybody else tell him what to do. And the truth is, I'm not sure you need to do it that overtly anymore. He is playing to the crowd. He is making people boo him. And it's going to be what it's going to be. Rowan Reigns is a star, and as long as they're reacting, that's all that matters. See, Maggie, I'm trying to give you a short radio answer on a podcast (laughs) question. I know. We'll have to do it again. Sean Grandy, he is the voice of the Boston Celtics. You can follow him on Twitter at Sean Grandy, PBP. Sean, thanks a lot. Enjoy the spectacle tonight. You got it, guys.